Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, it's the sound of rock cracking, and this is Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. And hey, this is a special, special program because it's the 10th anniversary of the Tea Party movement here in the United States of America. And what has happened? What, what does it mean when you say Tea Party? There's a generation of young people probably don't even know what the Tea Party movement is. What was it? Was it effective? Does it still have a result on American politics? Did it change America? Did it uh, go away? Is the Tea Party still here? Does the Tea Party mean anything today? These are questions we're going to talk about right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. So glad to have you because this is a special edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And the very fact that you're listening to my voice is because of the Tea Party movement. Back in 2009, Brad Saul of Web Talk Radio gave me a call and said, why don't you do a radio show? We need internet radio. It's successful. We got, it's growing, and we'd love to have a show about the Tea Party, and we think you're the one to do it. He had heard some uh, video of uh, some uh, Tea Party speeches where I'd been invited to speak, and he, he said, hey, we want you to do an internet radio show about uh, the Tea Party. So we had uh, Doc Holliday's Tea Party. We started off the show that way, and after a, a couple years, two or three years, we changed it to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and that's because Brad just thought that would give us a better overall view and, and try to get more uh, listeners to the show, and it did, and it worked. And uh, since then, Brad Saw has passed away, but Web Talk Radio lives on, and there's some good people who put it together and make it work. And I want to thank them, and I still uh, am on uh, all the time, but we put a new show up every week, and it's called Dr. Ed Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and we're glad you're listening to us. But I wanted to point out, I would not be doing this show if it wasn't for the Tea Party movement, and the the thirst for freedom and liberty, it's in the DNA. You've heard me talk about it. Every American has within our DNA of the spirit of 1776, even our legalized immigrants who become citizens, they have that spirit of 1776, and it was captured in the Tea Party movement. And why did it come about? Well, we can go back, and we've talked about this in years past on our show, but there's a uh, there's a great, great uh, uh business-minded stock person bonds he's in he watches the bonds on cnbc and it's called rick centelli and in the midst of this new president's uh, administration barack obama came in the the uh, 
economy was not doing well. We had had a deep recession, and they were talking about borrowing almost a trillion dollars of money we didn't have, and and they called it the um, uh, stimulus bill. They're putting it together, but then Rick Santelli came on and said, "Look, uh, the, the people they can't stand the thought of." Why are we borrowing all this money? Why don't we just give tax breaks, same thing, and let people decide the, what's the best way to get the economy stimulated? But no, the liberals always want to say, we'll tell you how to do it. Now, that's not exactly what Rick Santelli said, but he meant to say taxpayers are going to get fed up and they're going to start having a tea party, like the Boston Tea Party. The And, and that... Tea Party connotation that those words just they struck a chord that reached down into the hearts of Americans everywhere who love freedom and knew with that stimulus bill it was making the government bigger and more out of control than ever and they didn't like it and they said what can we do and people started encouraging others to say hey let's have a tea party movement what does that mean well they got speakers together told about what's going on and that stimulus bill even though it passed it really fired up the tea party movement and to be honest there are some people even when george bush was president back before the inauguration of barack obama in january of 2009 but even when george bush was president they a lot of people did not like uh the way that uh when uh, bailing out companies and that were uh, due, due to go bankrupt. It's okay to go bankrupt. It doesn't mean the company's gone. They can have their debts rescheduled. That's what bankruptcy is all about, trying to keep companies going. They could have, but no, uh, George Bush started bailing out uh, companies like GM, and, and then Barack Obama followed suit. Never said let it go to nothing. But said instead of unions getting half of it, which they did, uh, restructured under Barack Obama, I won't say half, but they got a big chunk of it in control of GM. And you notice uh, GM went once uh, Barack Obama <laughs> uh, gave them money to save them, they came out the vote, which did not sell very good, except for the American government, I think, bought the vote, uh, the first version of electric car by GM, but... I guess they had to push that because that's how they got government money to bail them out. We won't go into all that, but I'm just telling you to set up some of the younger people, including my children, have grown now, and uh, two of them are ready to vote. And they don't really know what in the midst of all this spending that was really getting out of control in the stimulus bill. And, And that is exactly what we're seeing now. Because I'm telling you, back 10 years ago, if if uh, President Trump had been president then, or we had a conservative being president at that point, they would have said, instead of $840 billion spending plan, let's get a tax cut and let the Americans decide the best way to spend the money. But no, there were some shovel-ready jobs. That's what we heard, shovel-ready jobs. And let me play this clip real quick uh, uh, a few years later. President Obama, he was still president, but he had this to say about those shovel-ready jobs. We see firsthand what happens when you try and permit a project in this country. And um, 
it can delay things from months to years, and in many cases, uh, it can cause the project to be abandoned. Uh, I'm sure that when you implemented the Recovery Act, your staff briefed you on many of the challenges of the permitting process and the impact on putting Americans back to work. And that's, that's exactly what we see in American businesses. Well. Shovel-ready was not as uh, <laughs> shovel-ready as we expected. Well, there he was, President Barack Obama, just a few years later, after saying we had to get this $840 billion stimulus bill passed, started laughing about it. He just laughed about it because he, he knew good and well the jobs weren't ready and the money didn't go in the shovel-ready jobs. They they gave it all kind of uh, groups and things that now some of them were good, some of them went to education, but so much of it, where did it go? Where did it stimulate the economy? It didn't. That's why we languished. The economy came back slowly, very slowly, slower than any economy since World War II and the ups and downs of recessions. We had the poorest recovery. And uh, the fact that Barack Obama got reelected in 2012 was really just uh, on the strength of Bill Clinton and uh, poor candidacy of Mitt Ron uh, Romney. And, and that's if uh, Romney had been a stronger candidate, he probably would have won in 2012. But Barack Obama, of course, he had the press and everybody behind him and uh, the, uh, uh, I guess, the long arm of the Democratic Party is the mainstream media, and it's even more so today. But we had to set up the scene, and it was around the country. This is what was amazing. In all 50 states, Tea Party movements sprang up. And I know in, in uh, my neck of the woods, where I live, there were some people who got together and said, let's, let's have a tea party. And, uh, there's one gentleman who put together something that looked like barrels from the Boston, Boston Tea Party. And he made some phone calls to some people and asked them if they would come speak. And, and a lot of people were just citizens, like, like Doc Holliday here. Had never thought about doing a, a radio, internet radio show and never thought about, uh, speaking in front of a lot of people about my feelings on politics and what was going on. But I, I stepped up to the plate, and one of the speeches I gave, you can hear on my, my website, docholiday.org. I, I put it up there. It's from 2009. There's a, a Tea Party speech, when, and people say, well, Doc Holliday, you're fired up. Well, it was dangerous then when you saw the liberals taking over the entire government. You, this is what was so scary because... Not only was President Barack Obama the most liberal president we had ever elected in, in my lifetime, but also there was a filibuster-proof Senate. And part of that's because of some shenanigans by the Democrats, and they got so close to they had 59, needed one more Senate seat, and there was a uh, almost like a tie in uh, Minnesota where, where the Republican was actually ahead, but somehow they found some Democratic ballots that had not been counted, and that put who? Senator Al Franken in charge. And, and that was an election that, uh, gave, it gave the, uh, gave the Democrats a filibuster-proof Senate, and then they had the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi was the uh, Speaker of the House then in 2008, and after the 2008 election, I should say, and the the Democrats at that point could do anything they wanted. 
There was no way Republicans could stop them, and they they could do any immigration reform they wanted. They could make everybody a citizen if they wanted to. I'm talking about illegal immigrants. They had the power to do anything they wanted. The Republicans could not stop them. There was a filibuster-proof Senate and a strong majority in the House of Representatives and Barack Obama's president. So that's why they did. They worked on Obamacare. And they and it really, uh, they struggled to get something put together. And then when they finally did, it it's what gave fuel to the Tea Party movement because it was so detrimental to health care, so detrimental to the American spirit of capitalism. It's like the government taking over, even though they left it into the private insurers to help do it, to do the Obamacare. They... <laughs> They structured it so, so basically it was just like a huge tax raise. When, when you see your premiums go up, they blame it on the insurance companies, but no, it's because everybody's forced into this situation where government controlling health care. And again, that was a huge part fueling this Tea Party movement. And like I said, they were, they were different groups in all 50 states and and people would say, well, how do we form a Tea Party movement? And when people wanted to, they could get together and found out more people would come and more people would uh, listen to what was going on. People who never got involved with politics before were getting involved with politics. And the Tea Party movement took on a life of its own, surprised everybody. And this is what made it so different. This is what I want to tell you. What made the Tea Party different was there was no one leader. There was no one leading group. There were some national-type groups trying to nationalize the Tea Party Patriots, uh, uh, Tea Party Express, different organizations that tried to combine, put the, uh, loosely put together the Tea Party movement and had some national meetings. And the thing was, they had a huge group go to Washington, D.C., and over... It was the crowds were estimated over a million. The mainstream media would barely mention or cover it. And what happened was it was it scared the Obama administration. It scared a lot of people within it. What? How do we stop this? What do we do? And that's what we're going to talk about in the second half of this show. What was the response of the Obama administration, and what did uh, the liberals do? But more important, how does the Tea Party affect what we're doing today? Did the Tea Party movement mean anything? Is it totally gone? What? Where is it? Well, that's the special part we're going to get to in just a moment. First, I want you to take a listen to this from our good friend over at Fox Radio. Hello, America. Todd Starnes here from the Fox News Corner of the World, and you are listening to Rock Splitting Politics. Sweet mercy. Woo, all right. <laughs> good That's good. Hey, that is our good friend uh, Todd Starnes giving us a little plug uh, for the, our uh, internet radio show, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And in just a moment, we're going to get into what I told you about as far as the Tea Party movement, what it means for today, has it affected our country, and we, as, and what the um, Obama administration, what their response was to the Tea Party. But before we do that, let me remind you, we've got a book called Bedrock Truth. And I say we because I wrote this book along with Dr. Alveda King and Dr. Uh, Alex McFarland. 
and you can get that book now but because this is our special special 10th anniversary celebration of the tea party movement let me tell you there's some books that go back uh, talking about the tea party a walk with me is a book i wrote early on in the tea party movement if you want to get a fresh look and feel for what the tea party movement was and how it started go order that book walk with me uh, on the website it's at www.dockholiday.org, holiday spelled with two L's. So you can go to the front page where you see Bedrock Truth. That book, uh, just click on that, and it'll take you right to my website where you can order the book. But what we're going to do, because of this 10th anniversary special, we've got uh, the book Rock Splitting Politics, Walk With Me, The Conservative Mind. There's some books that were put out in that era, and we don't have a lot left, so... I want to go ahead and it's time to clear those out. Maybe there'll be collector's items someday. Who knows from Doc Holiday? But you can order those books. Got special pricing. And with the special pricing uh, on these books that talk about the Tea Party, you can just go to the right there on the website and you'll see we have got a special price and we're going to keep that. And, and the books are almost gone. There's not a lot more we have. And when they're gone, they're gone. But in, uh, keep putting your orders in, and this is a special discount pricing you'll get for the Tea Party books because of the 10-year celebration. And I hope you'll get uh, get as many as you want right now. Hand them out to your friends. Give them some to your liberal friends and tell them that you missed the Tea Party movement. But do go uh, check out the website and see the specials there on our Tea Party books. And we're glad you're listening to us. That's why we're still on the air. People contact us i cannot answer all the email i appreciate you sending it in i try to read everything and let me just tell you that one reason that i enjoy being on the air is because of the comments i get and people talk about well i'm glad you said this glad you said that nobody said it that way well that's why we're doing the show a new show every week we've been doing this now since the tea party movement started 2009 basically it's the 10 year anniversary of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. But check out the books. Uh, go order those books. Be glad to get those out to you. Now, before we get into the what the Obama administration did, let, let's, uh, this better tells you this little clip from a couple years after that stimulus bill, the almost a trillion-dollar stimulus bill that we uh, plugged in, and did the economy ever pay it back? Well, <laughs> take a listen to this private sector so weakened by this recession. The federal government is the only entity left with the resources to jolt our economy back into life. The $840 billion stimulus bill pumped money into every community in the country to pay for things like transit infrastructure, tax breaks, weatherizing homes, and keeping teachers on the payroll. Economist Veronique de Regis is a senior research fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University and an expert on the stimulus. The administration said that unemployment would reach likely 8.8% without the stimulus, but that with the stimulus it would never reach that level and in fact it would start going down really quickly. The reality is that actually it's gone way past the 8.8% and hover above 9% for the last two years. Reason TV did a case study looking at how the stimulus money was spent in one community in Obama's backyard, the town of Silver Spring, Maryland, a commuter suburb of Washington, D.C. Even if you were to believe that government spending can trigger economic growth, the money is never spent in a way that is consistent 
with the condition laid out by the Keynesian for it to be efficient. Nearly 400,000 men and women will go to work rebuilding our crumbling roads and bridges, repairing our faulty dams and levees, bringing critical broadband connections to businesses and homes in nearly every community in America. In fact, the U.S. construction industry shed about a million jobs in the year after the stimulus was passed. And two and a half years later, the industry still hasn't recovered. Maryland's specialty trade construction industry, which handles big infrastructure projects, has shed about 8,000 jobs since the stimulus was passed. Meanwhile, stimulus money has steadily paid the salaries of only 600 construction workers in Maryland since the middle of 2009. So why did the stimulus create so few construction jobs? For one thing, many of the projects paid for by the stimulus would have happened anyway. The resurfacing of this highway in Silver Spring was the first stimulus project in the nation to get shovels in the ground. It was also fairly typical. It was a routine repair job. Instead of actually thinking about where the money would need to go to hire those idle resources, infrastructure spending went to jobs that were already lined up or it went to actually pay the salary who were already on the job. But Maryland got 771 million stimulus dollars for transit infrastructure projects. So why didn't all that extra money have a bigger effect on the economy? Well, Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley cut infrastructure spending more than enough to offset any gains from the stimulus. See, before the stimulus, Maryland's Transportation Trust Fund paid for highway repairs by collecting a special gas tax and other user fees. After the stimulus money was available, Governor Malley raided the fund to the tune of $861 million over the next three years to pay for things that have nothing to do with infrastructure. Even if you account for the stimulus money, which totaled $771 million, state funding for transit infrastructure still saw a net decrease of $90 million after the stimulus was passed. Large government contractors got a disproportionate share of stimulus funds, according to an August 2009 report in Government Executive. The fastest way to spend government money is to spend it on channels that already exist. Give it to government contractors that you've already hired to just do more of the same thing. And that goes against the philosophy of the stimulus. Yes, that goes against the philosophy of the stimulus package that was passed in 2009, but it does not go against the philosophy of the spending liberal, the leftist, the socialist, the socialist Democrats, however you want to call this movement that is far more to the left than it ever was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's a dangerous now. And yes, I use that word dangerous because they do not understand. This is the difference between the stimulus package of almost a trillion dollars and the Trump tax cuts. The tax cuts helped business all around the country. We can't tell you how many ways. Each business uniquely used the tax cuts to see the best way to improve their business. And what's the result? Well, we just, we just heard the GDP numbers surprise the socks off everybody hitting 3.2% for the first quarter of 2019. Some people call it the Goldilocks economy because the inflation is down, unemployment is down, the lowest it's been in 49 years, 3.6%, and then we have inflation is down, and we have people working and spending money. It's the best of all worlds almost, 
and it just rocked the socks off of economists. No one expected 3.2% in 2019's first quarter. And it's scaring the Democrats, and it should, because I want to tell you that's the difference between the stimulus bill of 2009, which is was heavily leaned on liberal philosophy, and the conservative tax cuts of Donald Trump. Which one makes the economy work? Barack Obama tried for eight years to plug in something that would make the economy economy work, and he tried everything he thought, but he didn't try conservative policies because they would have worked. In a way, it's a good thing he didn't, or the liberals would have uh, won re-election after re-election. But they got beat because their economy was poor. Poor. It never got over 3% in any year. Most time it hovered around 1.5%. One and, one and, and you had Nobel Prize winning uh, economists like Paul Krugman saying, it's over, we're never going to have 3%, 4%. Our economy is too old, too mature, too big. We can't have those numbers. And, and Donald Trump has just flushed his theory down the commode. And that's, that's exactly where the liberals should all be going in this uh, next election cycle because conservatism is working. The economy is plugging along. Why would anybody want to take us off this road of recovery for the nation? Uh, so, but that's, that is why I wanted to play that clip. But let's talk about what did the Obama administration do? Well, those who outside the administration could see the Tea Party movement, and do you remember the the anti-Wall Street movement? And they said against the one percenters, and they started all that. It was funded by Soros and other liberals to get America's mind off the Tea Party. That's what it was afford, something to go against the Tea Party. But what was real sickening is what was going on in the government, like, uh, you remember, <laughs> head of the IRS. She purposely stalled uh, putting together Tea Party movements for organization purposes for the IRS. She stalled them on purpose because they were conservative. And she never paid a price for that. She stole freedom from Americans. She never paid a price. But she could tell something had to be done against the Tea Party because it was so strong and it was gonna, it was going to keep Barack Obama from being reelected. So the people within the government used their power to stop the Tea Party movement. And there's a lot of things that the Tea Party movement did that scared the Republicans. The Republican leaders did not like it, but they had to, uh, they had to listen. In 2010, they made a moratorium on earmarks in Congress. Before then, every congressman would throw earmarks into the, their district and the spending got out of hand. But thanks to the Tea Party movement, there's a moratorium placed on earmarks. We have earmarks for every a congressman and every senator anymore. And that's a way to try to cut down on the spending. Is it cut down? Well, where would it be if we had not had a moratorium? There's things we need to look at. But the Obama administration and people within the government hated the Tea Party movement because it was from the people and it challenged the elite's idea of we know what to do. Why did that challenge bother the elites? Because they knew people were out there who wanted something different. And what happens in 2016? 
Donald Trump comes along. Now, was he the Tea Party movement leader? No. Was he a part of the Tea Party? Not really. The Tea Party people really want Donald Trump? Well, they like Ted Cruz in many cases. But it prepared the ground for Donald Trump to become president of the United States. The Tea Party movement did. But it's not just Donald Trump that has been ushered in for the Tea Party movement. Even though now you don't hear a lot about the Tea Party movement because they're not fighting against a liberal uh, president, a liberal uh, filibuster-proof Senate, and a liberal House of Representatives. What they what we're finding is the actions have put many people in from the Tea Party movement. Have you heard of these senators like Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, Senator Lee from uh, Utah? Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, Senator John Johnson from Wisconsin, uh, there's Ben uh, Sass from Nebraska, Tom Cotton was a congressman, then became senator, uh, Mulvaney, uh, White House acting ch- chief of staff now, he was elected to Congress in the Tea Party movement. Uh, you know, John Boehner is out. Sometimes Speaker of Houses sit there for years. John Boehner's out because he was the old establishment part. And the Tea Party movement seems to be, some people say it's dead now, but it lives on through those who got there from the Tea Party movement. The principles of uh, we've taxed enough already reign heavy in the Republican Party. It keeps balance more so than if we had never had a Tea Party movement. But more than that, what the Tea Party movement did, it was ignited citizens to go out and get involved in the political process. I don't believe that has waned. I believe the framework of the Tea Party movement is still there. Where's the meat on the bones? Well, that's what individual local elections are. The framework for freedom is what the Tea Party movement was, is, and will continue to be as freedom-loving Americans who love liberty will get out, get off the couches, go out, support candidates that uh, want to make America freer and give us more liberty. And that's what this radio show does. That's what Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics is about. Is everything perfect? Will everything ever be perfect? No. Will we agree on all things? No. But this is what we can agree on. America is stronger, better, and more prosperous when we are freer and have more liberty. And that's where we need to aim if it's talking about taxes, government regulation. And uh, look at the blockchain technology and cryptocurrency, these things that nobody even knew about with the Tea Party movement. These are things that are growing into our American economy. And what the Tea Party movement does is allow freedom-loving Americans an opportunity and a desire and a go-get-them go get spirit of 1776 to get involved. And don't get tired. Nobody's going to ever win everything and be everything the way they want it. It's a journey. That's what I've understood about the Tea Party movement People go, it's dead, it's gone, we can't have a rally anymore. No, that's not right. The Tea Party movement is a journey. Sometimes we'll have to work together harder. Sometimes we'll find different candidates. May even be 
opposed on different candidates who should you should who you should support but the thing is you need to be out there in the trenches moving the political football toward what the founders wanted us to have a prosperous wonderful country that we can live in and be proud of and lift up those who need help but let them understand any help from the left is not help at all it's a dungeon it's a prison that uh, leads to socialism and communism it's not the direction america has in their dna the tea party movement sprung up because we saw freedoms being diminished and the tea party lives on through the activism of each and every freedom loving american that's our take on the 10-year anniversary of the Tea Party. I'm glad it happened. Glad we're here today. And we're going to be here to make America not only great again, but the best it's ever been. God bless you. See you next week with another show of Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.